Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, February 28th. Our top story today, three men have been locked up after launching a shocking attack on a pub landlord in Margate. 78-year-old Barry Holmes and his wife Sue had been running Leicester's for 13 years but have now called time on their tenancy. They say the pub was their home but it just wasn't the same after the assault. Lucy has the details for the Kent Online podcast. 25-year-old Taylor Porter, 26-year-old Simon Brockhouse and 25-year-old George Cooper had been drinking at Leicester's from the early afternoon and had become increasingly animated, noisy and were swearing. Landlord Barry Holmes had asked them repeatedly to keep the noise down and at around 9pm he warned they'd have to stop swearing or leave. It was then he had a drink thrown at him from across the bar before being punched and hit so hard his arm was broken broken. Other customers who did try to intervene described the attack as horrific and others said she felt helpless as she watched such disgraceful and disgusting behaviour. What's happened to the attackers? Taylor Porter and George Cooper, who both live in Meargate and Simon Brockhouse from College Road, were arrested just a few hours after the brawl. They denied charges of grievous bodily harm, but later pleaded guilty to the less serious offence of a fray. Porter was sentenced to 14 months in prison. Cooper and Brockhouse each received 10 months. In sentencing them, the judge told them public violence on this scale is unacceptably serious. What effect is this hat on the landlord. Barry Holmes and his wife Sue say they'd worked hard to turn the pub into a family-friendly venue that they'd enjoyed running for 13 years. But they say the attack ruined what they'd built and they were suspicious of any new faces that came through the door. They've now retired and moved to Birchington but say it wasn't how they wanted to leave the business. Kent Online News. A sitting-born teenager on trial for the stabbing death of his mother's boyfriend has been acquitted of murder. Rohan Daniels fatally wounded David Perry at his home in College Road in 2022 but says he was acting in self-defence. The 19-year-old has been convicted of manslaughter. He'll be sentenced later this year. A suspected meat thief has been arrested after being caught on CCTV at Tunbridge Station. Mark Tribe is suspected of stealing around £450 worth of goods from Sainsbury's in the Angel Centre over the last four weeks. CCTV operators called police when he was spotted on one of the platforms. The 53-year-old who lives in Chantry Road in Marden will face court next month. A Gravesend man has been arrested after a number of thefts from cars in Maidstone. Residents in Weavering, Downswood and Bearstead reported their vehicles had been targeted. The 30-year-old suspect was caught cycling along Ashford Road early yesterday morning and taken into custody. A scrap dealer who took metal shavings from a container outside a business in Seven Oaks has ended up in court and been told to pay compensation. Although Luke Hopkins had permission to collect from most companies on the Chaucer Business Park in Kemsing, he drove off with items from one he didn't. The 32-year-old from St John's Road admitted theft and has to pay £330. Kent Online News. A new flood alert's been issued in Canterbury and Thanet as river levels continue to rise. The Environment Agency says heavy rain at the weekend and the high tide are causing issues. Another alert's also still in force in areas around Ashford. Head to Kent Online to see pictures of suspected fly tippers after 
waste was dumped in Dartford. The rubbish, including fence panels, was found at garages in Windermere Close earlier this month. Council have released the images of a group who were seen driving a van in the area at the time. There's been a sharp rise in the number of children being homeschooled in Kent since the pandemic. It's risen from about 2,500 to more than 3,300 over the past five years. That's an increase of 30%. Campaigners are concerned it could be because of poor mental health support in schools and a lack of special needs places. Wendy Charles Warner is Chair of Education Otherwise, a charity that supports home educators. If we look back historically, the by far the majority of parents came to home education as a positive lifestyle choice. They felt that their their child would benefit from being home educated. They often made that choice from the outset. And very often, if they didn't make it from the outset, they simply felt that they could do a better job for their child as an individual. And over time, going back a few years, we started to see a small percentage of parents who were removing their children from school because they felt that the school was not meeting their child's needs. Last year, that figure had reached 32%. This year, when I surveyed parents who have come new to home education over the last year, 54% told us that they had done so because they felt that the school was not meeting their child's needs. That's 54% of parents who actually did not choose to home educate, but felt that they had no choice but to do so because their children's needs weren't being met. That's very concerning. Teachers have also raised concerns about the funding and resources available to them. Julie McCulloch is from the Association of Schools and College Leaders. I think there has been a significant change in well, in, in children's mental health needs more generally, um, I think that was happening before the pandemic, but it's certainly been exacerbated by the lockdowns. So we're hearing reports from our members about you know a, a very large rise in children who are presenting with mental health concerns or with significant emotional issues. And schools are doing their, their very best to support those children as they always have. But they're re- what's really starting to bite is the lack of funding uh, for schools to deal with these increasingly complex issues. So that's funding, uh, ring fence funding for children with special educational needs, but also more broadly, the funding that that schools get. Uh, I think that's really exacerbated by the fact that the broader services that schools need to be able to draw on to support children with complex needs. So things like the children and adolescent mental health services are also hugely underfunded at the moment. Waiting lists are usually many months long um, for children who do have particular needs. And that leaves children who are you know, suffering particular difficulties in school with uh, with school staff trying to support them as best they can. And inevitably, um, that's, that's often very difficult. The Department for Education had this to say. Parents have the right to educate their children at home, but all children should receive a suitable education regardless of where they're educated. We're continuing to work with local authorities to improve their non-statutory registers, as well as supporting schools, trusts, governing bodies and local authorities to identify pupils who are at risk of becoming or who are persistently absent so they can receive regular and consistent education, whether that be in school or at home. Kent Online News.
figures seen by KMFM show more illegal vapes were seized in Kent last year than any other place in the country. More than 280,000 potentially dangerous devices were found in our county, but not a single fine or penalty was handed out. Lucy's been chatting to Jim Widdard from Kent Trading Standards. The problem with um, the illegal vapes is there's a process within the UK at the moment that genuine vapes go through the MHRA, so the Medical Health Regulatory Authority, and the manufacturers have to specify and explain what's actually in the product, so what's actually in that liquid that you're taking down into your lungs. So if it's illegal, it hasn't gone through that process. So nobody knows what's in the liquid. And the other point is nicotine is a very toxic, nasty substance. Um, and with larger amounts of nicotine, then if that device breaks and it spills onto you, you can absorb the nicotine through your skin and you can actually be poisoned by nicotine. And if there is a significantly high concentration of nicotine and a large amount of liquid, it can, for some people, be fatal. So again, with some of these larger devices, they haven't gone through the correct channel to check to see what ingredients are in them. And they've got a large volume of this toxic substance. And we've got some stats that show Kent has had more seizures of these illegal vapes than anywhere else in the country. Why do you think that is? Okay, so within Kent, obviously, we've got several key gateways into the country through Dover, through Eurotunnel. Um, And we work very closely with agencies at the border. And we've had some significant discoveries and seizures of vapes at that border point so therefore that's obviously going to boost our figures because when you're stopping i don't know 40 to 50,000 vapes in any one go it very quickly mounts up um, and we've been working very closely with those agencies so we're getting quite a good hit rate and removing illegal product from that area but we've then also got the fact that the work that we're doing on the retail sector on the high street we are again finding some significant seizures because these devices are quite small. You don't need to have a lot of retail space to, you know, have several thousand removed. And because we've been busy trying to focus on removing illegal product from the marketplace, the figures have added up. And what kind of enforcement action is being taken against the businesses or the people who are bringing these illegal vapes into the UK or selling them? Because I understand there are no fines that have been issued by trading standards. Okay, so if I can just um, deal with the fine issue straight away. Currently, under the legislation that's provided to us, we have no ability to instigate a fine. So people might well be aware of fixed penalty notices and things like that under other legislation. Within the legal um, area that we've got at the moment, there is nothing that allows us to do that. So the only way that a fine could be imposed would be to go through to either the magistrates or Crown Court. So that's not within our gift to issue a fine. There is talk with the government and with the review on vapes that they might well be bringing in fixed penalty notices, but at the moment we haven't got them. So then if we look at what actually is enforcement activity, I'm sure if you asked any of the businesses that we've actually been and visited to have trading standards attend, sometimes with partner agencies, and for us to remove a significant volume of illegal product from their shop, we've seized those items, we've removed them. Then depending on the circumstances of that situation, it could be that compliance advice is enough to get the business back on the straight and narrow, trading legally, 
some of these are genuine businesses who, you know, just bought the wrong product. Then we've got those businesses that are definitely illegal. All they're doing is selling illegal product. And then we would look to conduct the most appropriate enforcement action that we can. So enforcement to you might be different to the steps that we take, which is all under the enforcement banner. As a warning, money set aside to look into building a new relief road near Maidstone should be spent sooner rather than later. The Leeds Langley Bypass at Junction 8 of the M20 has been discussed for decades, but the ideas never moved forward. £1 million has been allocated to explore the project, but it's feared the cash could be lost as Kent County Council make cuts to meet their budget. A five-day strike by junior doctors in Kent will end at midnight. Members of the British Medical Association have been out of work since Saturday as part of an ongoing dispute with the government over pay. They want a 35% rise. The government insists it wants to reach an agreement. Plans for 250 homes in Margate have been approved despite fears over the safety of children at a nearby school. The head teacher of St Gregory's raised concerns with councillors about parents of children with special educational needs having to park further from the entrance. The councillors have given it the go-ahead, claiming the properties are well located. Kent Online News. The winners of the Kent and Medway Food and Drink Awards for 2024 have been announced, including Pub of the Year and Restaurant of the Year. The awards were handed out to 12 winners at a ceremony in Canterbury last night. We caught up with some of the winners after the event. My name's Scott Tullock. I am the owner of Larry's Mobile Bar based in Medway. I cater for weddings, birthdays, celebrations, music festivals, corporate and local events. Um, as well as that, I also sell bottled cocktails online. Um, I supply several businesses around Midway with them bottles. If it wasn't for lockdown, Larry's My Baba may not be here because initially I wanted to go out and do my own business just before the actual first lockdown in 2020. Um, at the time I was working as a bar manager, um, I got put on furlough and it gave me the time to plan and finance the actual business. And lockdown actually was a good thing for us because without that, I wouldn't have had the time or the finance to actually plan the business in the first place. And three years later down the line, here we are. The business has grown really well over the last two years to the fact that I was able to uh, leave full-time work and go fully self-employed. And over the past 18 months, it's just been a fantastic story for us. The name of my business, Larry's Mother Bar, it was named after my granddad who passed away in 2002. Um, I named the business after him, so I just want to say thank you to my granddad for being the father figure that he was. My name is Richard Cabell, uh, Craig Mather. It's amazing. It's the first uh, time we've ever been um, nominated for anything or been put up for anything, so this is a fantastic feeling. And the fact that we, uh, me as an owner, I could not have done this without our head chef, Craig. And we've got such a wonderful team at Cabell's. It's amazing. So I'd, it's, this is much for them. It's not for, much for us because the whole team come together, doesn't it? And it Absolutely. just makes it all work. One team effort. And it's what, this yeah. is for them. So this yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. My name is Sergio Gomez. It's really grateful. And it's all down to the staff, mainly down to the staff. And one of the staff members was today nominated for Chef of the Year as well. So that makes you really proud. Unfortunately, he didn't, he didn't win but it's a runners-up. But uh, it, it's very important for us, this award, because it's about Kent and the products in Kent. And that's something that we're proud that we show off on a, on a, daily, on a daily basis. We show the products of Kent, and that's why. We are completely different than the norm. We, we are a comp 
Manor House is our typical hotel in Kent. And we are very modern. We are London in Kent. So, and our food concepts are completely different than the norm. We are, we, we are proud to be different and quirky. Hence why we are so successful. And we just opened in 2019, a couple of months before COVID. And uh, we, are still, we closed the business down. And then we come up stronger and uh, build another, another restaurant. So we have two restaurants on site, only 41 bedrooms. But it's sold down to the staff, this award. And the best hotel in Kent is sold down to the staff. Head to Kent Online to see a list of all the winners. Kent Online News. Parts of a coastal path in Kent have been closed after chunks of rock fell from a cliff. Areas of ivy have been cut away above West Cliff Promenade in Ramsgate and are now falling down, bringing pieces of the chalk with it. Council say they're working to have the site cleared this week. Head to Kent Online to see a video of an RAF plane flying low over Hearn Bay. An Airbus known as the Atlas is thought to have been about 200 feet above the town yesterday. It's often used to carry military vehicles, including helicopters. A Kent wine producer has taken another step into the pub trade after buying two venues in the county. Balfour Hospitality, which is part of the winery based in Staplehurst, has taken over the Goudhurst Inn and the Tickled Trout in West Farley. The company says the deal will secure their future for years to come. Kent Online has heard work should start this summer on a £22 million overhaul of Canterbury City Centre. The cash is from the government's levelling up fund that is aimed at improving infrastructure and increasing tourism. Scaffolding's already been put around the castle, which is hoped to reopen to the public. There's also plans for a city square at the Westgate Towers. A former fire station in Medway is set to be replaced with homes and a supermarket. The site on the corner of Watling Street and Starmill Lane in Gillingham closed in 2017 to make way for a new state-of-the-art facility on a nearby plot. Councillors have now approved plans for a Sainsbury's local and 12 properties. And the new team in charge of a pub in Ashford have told the podcast they want to turn it into Kent's best sports bar. Chris Happ took over the Phoenix in Tufton Street last year. He's now brought in Kieran McKenzie from Smoking Drum Caribbean to run the kitchen. They hope their combination of sport and good food will pull in more punters. This partnership with Smoking Drum will be, hopefully be really good for us uh, as, at the Phoenix. Um, give us the opportunity to offer something um, that we currently don't um, and obviously given um, Smoking Drum's reputation, uh, delivering of service, good food, um, it should work really well, obviously, and it will be our, allow us to bring something else into uh, the Phoenix that we don't currently have. So we've been looking for a space to move back into for a while. Uh, we've had a look at some other spaces in the kitchen, whether we wanted to invest heavily into another commercial space. Um, when we had a chat with Chris and realised it was under new ownership, we had a good chat with him, we found out what his plans for the space were and his passion and his energy for his newfound business uh, was massively matched with our own ethos. You know, he's trying to do a great thing for himself, he's trying to redevelop this space for the community and we just felt like uh, that type of partnership would work well for our business, you know, two people that are really trying to drive and strive to achieve something. Kent Online Sports. Football now and Gillingham have slipped out of the playoff places after other teams were in action last night. They've been overtaken by Walsall, who beat Accrington Stanley. The Jills are now eighth in League Two with 12 games left to play. They travel to Salford City on Saturday. Staying with football and England's women have eased to a 5-1 victory over Italy in their latest friendly match. Maidstone's Alessia Russo was in the starting lineup but didn't score any of the goals. Their qualifying campaign for next summer's Euros starts in April. 
That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get the details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.